Hey everyone, just a reminder that we are recording remotely while we're quarantined, uh, so the sound might be slightly compromised, but hopefully not too bad. Enjoy! Welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we'll vent about the news, go deep on one important issue, and call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You. Then we'll end with something hopeful. Um... All right, here we are, babies. Uh, and of course, as always, if you if you like us, if you really like us, um, rate, review, subscribe on all the, the platforms that you use, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. We love it. We love to see it. Um, mm-hmm. Last week, we kind of had our reaction <laughs> to the coup. Um, this week, we're going to go a little bit deeper on that and, you know, sort of talk about the things that we've learned since then um we've learned some new as you put it harrowing details uh because you know last week i was sort of under the impression it was i mean it was awful it was an affront to democracy but it was a bunch of idiots kind of milling about in the capitol building and you know we have a lot of a lot more information now to know what really happened and it was so much uh, worse than that <laughs> than that was. Um, we have five people who are said to have died as a result of it. Um, one was a Capitol Police officer who was hit over the head with a fire extinguisher. One was a Capitol Police officer who committed suicide. Um, three were the ter- were terrorists who assaulted the Capitol, one who was shot in the neck when she was trying to enter through climbing through a window, one who died of a heart attack, and one who died of a stroke, mm-hmm. um, all related to the injuries. Um, and then there's people saying that one of the people who died was also like trampled. Um, so we're still getting more information as to what happened. Um, but there were, there were people who died more than we had initially thought. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's not a not a good situation to put it incredibly lightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really a lot to process. I mean, I think last week we had a short episode because we were, I think, just it was a shocking a shocking event to process. Um, we see from all of the videos and reports that have been coming out um, that these people were, have there's been this mass radicalization born from rampant misinformation allowed on lots of different social media platforms, um, all in the name of free speech, these QAnon conspiracy theorists. Um, But people that were that came and breached the capitol in the worst breach of 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 one of the of the capitol in more than two centuries um they came prepared for battle they came prepared to take hostages there was the quote zip tie guy they came with zip ties they came with plans they knew where people's offices were like representative jim clyburn whose office was unmarked but he said people obviously knew where they were going to get to him 
They targeted Nancy Pelosi. They targeted Mike Pence. Um, there were specific people um, who were targeted. There was also a noose. They brought a noose with them. They, like you said, I mean, there was there was the beating of the officer um, while singing the Star Spangled Banner. Um, but there were people who were uh, in their tools. They 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 came with the intent of taking hostages of, of taking lives. They were armed. They were, um, and, and then this was all planned online. So there were, there was ample time for the Capitol, uh, the DC police, um, and the Capitol Hill police and the national guard Mm -hmm. to actually prepare for this. And it was, um, Oh, I think a huge act of um, like a, a, a historic miscalculation born of racism generally, and just a totally a total under um, underestimating of the power of and the and the 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 power of of this white supremacist movement um, that led to this disgusting historic breach. Absolutely. Like they were at, like the people you were speaking about with the zip ties and things like that were at, like, we're trying to find specific people like Nancy Pelosi, specific senators, Mike Pence, like you said, like they had, and the reason that's significant is they have specific plans to carry out. Mm-hmm. Um, they had people they were trying to find to use the weapons that they had, the tools that they had to carry out these acts um and to your point about the national guard who should have been brought in so much there were hours and hours and hours of of things going on um with no national guard presence and -hmm. according to the ex-capital police chief he said that they requested the national guard to come six times and it was denied federally you know they they basically didn't want to make quote unquote make a scene you know Mm -hmm. they didn't want to draw undue attention to what was happening um mm-hmm. but you had people armed with <laughs> armed at the capitol um mm-hmm. trying to gain entrance and like you said it it, it speaks to to racial issues because you see you know we've seen and we did see that during the black lives matter peaceful protests 96 percent of those protests were completely peaceful we saw the exaggerated response by police and similar forces um and so the fact that they're now so careful and tiptoeing when it is a majority white crowd coming out majority white terrorists um i mean it's just you know and they'd argue well we saw what we did wrong with the black lives matter protests and we wanted to get it right Mm. but no it was different inherently from the beginning because the Black Lives Matter protests were peaceful and this was you could see it was violent from the beginning with the way that they were they're carrying their weapons and trying to approach and you know like we said they beat up like they they beat police officers Mm -hmm. which is just like I thought y'all were the law and order people I thought y'all were the Blue Lives Matter people Mm -hmm. um I don't remember Black Lives Matter protests where (laughs) Um, all of these things happened. Um, so yeah. it's, it's what, you know, the question is, what do these people stand for? Mm-hmm. If they don't stand for blue lives or protecting the cops or protecting law and order, 
you know, it, I think it reasons to me that there's, you know, they're standing for themselves. They're standing for Trump. They mm-hmm. see a deity in him. There's probably a lot of the QAnon supporters in the mix there. Um, and I don't know what to do with that and what to do with these people because they're not, they're not only not responding to reason, they're acting violently and treasonously, if that's even an adjective. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, and they're living in their own delusion. I mean, mm-hmm. they they love like, it. They love it, and they refuse. They're in the Ashley Babbitt video, the graphic video where she's shot trying to breach. You know, she's there. The, the group of people were were mere feet. Yeah, a veteran she senators. Was. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. an Air Force veteran. She um. She, there were the in that video someone was yelling fuck the blue you know that was something that you were hearing a lot which is like okay i mean it just exposes the whole blue lives matter blessed are the peacemakers like thin blue line flag it's it was not about that and it, that was just a convenient euphemism mm-hmm. a convenient way for people to say i support the police when really what they meant was i don't support black lives matter and mm-hmm. I thought the NAACP had a great tweet and it was repeated in a lot of different places where they basically said, we're not telling you to shoot them like you shoot us. We're telling you not to shoot us like you don't shoot them. Exactly. And that's, I think, an incredibly important distinction. Yeah. The, the ask is not to be shooting these people. I don't, none of us, I don't want, you don't want more people to have died that day. I think we just want inequality in terms of how how there's a response and and on the police note um as we mentioned two officers died um many were wounded as a result of the the violence perpetrated by these terrorists um but there are also police officers who were part of it it seems mm-hmm. um which is a whole thing. Uh, they they found that there were Capitol Police, NYPD, Seattle Police, um, mm. which I say was surprised not because I'm surprised based off of their actions during the protests. I mean, Seattle Police Department acted, uh, I would say, illegally, violently, with excessive force, consistently throughout the Black Lives Matter protests. There are so many videos recorded of it, but that's true everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is interesting and interesting, not in a positive way, that the Seattle police were actually part of this insurrection, apparently, a couple of members. Um, so again, it's this, it's this, this line where it's not that these people are, you know, these terrorists who storm the Capitol are pro-police, pro-Blue Lives Matter. They're pro-people who agree with them about... I would imagine, you know, racist, some some deeply held uh, racist ideals and other things because they had no problem killing officers mm-hmm. um, and also say they support officers. So I think what it really is about is them believing in what they believe and anyone who they disagree with should be violently attacked, if not murdered, whether or not they are police officers. Um so I think I think there's a a real, for lack of a more articulate way to put it, a real scariness to these people because they are not even operating within the realm of I believe in the good of officers and I will uphold this blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Like no, they're only operating out from a 
I love Trump. Trump is God. Trump is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, America will be, you know, in pieces without Trump and people like me to support him and support them. And, you know, Trump incited every fucking step of the way. I mean, he said go peacefully, but before that, he incited them to the Capitol. So. He absolutely did. He was inciting the entire time. I mean, he 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 has said that the election. He said that he he is ne- you know he only conceded after these events, after these um, seditious events um, of last Wednesday. He consistently has held that the election was fraudulent and that it was rigged. Um, he. No, no judges, liberal or conservative, agreed with that. There were 60 lawsuits, around 60 lawsuits. They were all smacked down in court. Plenty he, of Republicans in there, yeah. Right, lots of Republican, Trump-appointed judges. Um, he pre- Trump pressured um, different law, uh, different officials to break the law, violate their oath, oath of office. Um, he, you know, it's, he's on, on record trying to pressure Brad Raffensperger, the secretary of state in Georgia. Um, he tried, he, he, he tried every hard and soft tactic he could think of to foment this, um, this fear and this anger that the election was stolen from him. Um, even though there were, we also had, had, uh, the defense department and, um, all the different, uh, national intelligence agencies said that this was um, the most secure election that they like on record or in, in modern history, um, which yeah. was assuring. We also had the evidence, especially because it's really hard to vote. Um, it's hard to vote twice. It's hard to voter fraud is actually hard. Um, and the only actual evidence and the only people that have been prosecuted on voter fraud charges are people who are accused of voting twice for Trump. Um, he lost, as we know, like the popular vote. Um, so his behavior has been irresponsible at a minimum. Um, really actually just, he's been this like dangerous, like, I kind of feel like it's like an agitated snake or something like a corner lashing out like agitated very phallic I'm thinking of a, <laughs> an I'm, angry snake <laughs> I'm thinking of like basically peep show where super hands uh like has the, the um, snake in the, the salad snake spitter. in the salad spitter <laughs> he's very agitated where he's like no uh, what do you say red before black jump the fuck back red after yellow cuddly fellow and then yeah. Mark's like but red is after black and he's like, like uh, Whatever. I don't fucking know. <laughs> anyway. Those just peep points. <laughs> Watch Beep Show if you don't. <laughs> oh, so good. But no, I it this is why people are so um this is why it's it, it, it's not just a group of um I don't know, like like ignorant hillbillies from like the backwoods of West Virginia or something. I mean, this is actually, these are officers in the Seattle police department. This is New York NYPD. This is people who have jobs in like, you know, and who, who feel comfortable enough coming, storming the Capitol with their work tag on, um, where they could be and live streaming it because they think that that's they're that confident that what they're doing is in service of the country because Trump has 
told them that. He said he was, he, he incited the violence. And I, I think incitement of violence when we're talking about, again, not a constitutional lawyer, but it's actually kind of hard. I mean, you can't, the, free speech is, is, is a widely protected, uh, is widely protected in this country. Uh, you know, there are certain limitations. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater, but incitement of violence, I think has to be, it has to be pretty, you have to be able to draw a pretty direct line to like the words that were said and then a violence that happened right after. And it's, it's, it's very clear that Trump incited this mob, this, he incited this violence, he encouraged it. And then he watched it happen and was not available to call for the national guard. He, he enjoyed, and there are reports that he was he was looking on with glee at what was happening. Um, it is disgraceful. And um, thankfully, it feels like, again, I, I don't want to get too <laughs> optimistic because every time over the last four years, we've had moments where we feel like maybe now people will really see how, how ugly and evil and, and truly un-American he is, how dangerous he is. Um, and the damage that he's done to this country. Um, now, as there are certain, I mean, as he's about to leave and there are these resignations coming, Betsy DeVos and Elaine Chow and all these people, they're Ooh. jumping ship. Like they're jumping ship and they are, um, and then there are corporations that have decided that they like, but don't want to give money to these people, these Republican candidates who have, you know, questioned the, undermined the integrity of the election and not, voted to certify the results even after this insurrection. So I'm, I'm heartened to see corporations um, start to seem like start to move on this or at least start pause their financial donations to these, these traitors. Um, so yeah, that was like a long. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like seeing them actually like ban Trump from Twitter mm-hmm. was quite a moment. Yeah. Um, waking up this morning to see that parlor was not currently a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> was wonderful. And, you know, you see people coming to Twitter being like, my free speech is being impeded. But it's like, in my opinion, it's always been if, if your free speech, and I also think this is law, you know, if your free speech mm-hmm. is inciting violence, mm-hmm. hate speech, harm to other people, like that's not free speech anymore. And these are private companies, BT mm-hmm. Dubs. Uh, Twitter is a private company. Google's a private company. They're all, they're not beholden to, to, to certain rules either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found it really heartening to see um, these platforms act, you know, act really, because for a long time, it seemed like they were just going to give him kind of slaps on the wrist, perhaps, uh, Trump specifically, and his followers, you know, just like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But this felt like a very full-throated response for the most part, which was um, good to see. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, it looks like we'll be arresting some people. And of course, I mean, they went from parlor to another... um, another platform that's used for you know drug trafficking it's called telegram um it's used Mm. for like arms dealers drug traffickers um apparently groups protesting covid lockdowns in victoria Mm. um and that is a ukraine-based company that apparently now 
the former Twitter, former parlor <laughs> people will be going to. Um, but I am I am glad to see that certain organizations um, sort of shut that shut that down as much as they could have because it. I mean. <sighs> You know, you watched the speech that Trump gave before the coup at the Capitol, and he was without a doubt inciting violence. And you get to, a, at least for me, it's like you get to a certain point, and you wonder, like, what what do checks and balances mean anymore? What's really mm-hmm. happening? Who's really in charge? Mm-hmm. Even you know, with Biden coming in, which I'm optimistic about, like. What, what does any of this really mean for us and what will make us safe? Um, mm-hmm. What's actually going to count? What's actually going to matter? So for so long, it seemed like Trump was really getting away with so much, with so little um, penalty. And so it seems like finally, hopefully, fingies crossed, things are catching up with him, mm-hmm. his administration. And of course, it's not just the one man, Trump, who's the worst in the world. I mean, he's an awful human being who is, you know, unprecedented as a president in terms of all the catastrophic damage he's caused. But, you know, he's been aided and abetted by the likes of Mitch McConnell and C. Graham, all kinds of people, his his cabinet. Um, so it, it was heartening for me to see these corporations um, come down on him in a real way for, in my opinion, for the first time. I mean, there have been sort of like slaps on the wrist, but it, it seems to me like maybe, like maybe there's a bigger response happening now. Like maybe there's a more virulent response happening to all of the awful things that he has said and done these past four years. And like maybe this coup was the straw that broke the camel's back for some people, some organizations, um, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, it seems a little late, but at the same time, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's nice to see people, the Trump supporters, um, people on parlor, people who's who starting to get hit where it hurts, which is in their wallets. Um, mm-hmm. We have uh, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Marriott, Citigroup, Blue Cross, all um, reconsidering uh, different uh, donations. And I think they've put pauses on for like six months, which seems like the most feeble attempt at just basically riding this wave until it goes away. And then they're just going to continue mm-hmm. like dumping money into conservatives pockets, but um, <laughs> that's a cynical way. But there are also bank of America, Ford and AT&T said they would consider recent events before future donations. CVS, ExxonMobil and Wells Fargo are reviewing policies. Shopify has taken, um, stores like offline, any stores that are run by Trump's businesses and campaign and Stripe will no longer process payments from for Trump's campaign website, which all feel like actually kind of big deals because it disrupts business, which is important. Um, most um, importantly, I think for Trump in terms of what actually is going to bother him, the PGA of America Board of Directors voted to um, terminate the agreement to play the tw- 2022 PGA championship at Trump Bedminster. So golfing, the golfing uh, tournament is not going to be played at his, at his uh, Trump Bedminster, which is just like, you know, that was a news item that I saw and was like, 
oh, like good. And then I really didn't realize, but there's been reports that that is really, really getting to him. He's pretty upset about it, um, which makes me love it. The shit that, yeah, the things that get to him, it's it's probably, again, this is me (laughs) making assumptions, but I doubt he's that bothered by the five people who have died. I think he's probably more bothered by the golf thing. And actually in SoCal, where I grew up, we, I think I've mentioned this on the pod before, but it, it always brings me joy. Um, there is a, a Trump golf course near where I grew up and the holes are slowly sinking into the water <laughs> because he did not um, account for the fact it was on a peninsula and mm. things slide. So at some point, all of those holes will be underwater and the entire thing will be a complete you know, money waste, Good. which is, is very on brand for him. And again, like in terms of all these things, not a big deal, but one of those, one of those small things that brings me like a, a modicum of joy to think about. Yeah. Um, and be like, Oh, this is a great location. Let's do it here. And then I'm like, um, you're slowly going to, all of the holes of the golf course are going to go into the Pacific ocean. I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. And then oh. they all start to go in the Pacific ocean. It's like, Ooh. Oh no, that brings, that brings a lot of joy. Brings a lot of joy. I mean, anyone who like, there's a dark money episode on Trump and there's a separate one on Jared Kushner on Netflix and watching, I watched the Trump one over the Christmas holidays and was like, God, he has just like, we've known for so long how bad he is and what a, what a, um, con artist he is. And he's such a shit. Yeah. People that believe him are just, I mean, I'm going into it later, but it's just like, I feel like it's all these fucking white men I went to high school with who just want to believe that they're, smarter than they are but again I'll get into that later because that's a little bit mm. well I mean and 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 I'm I hope in terms of like people that follow him and think they're smarter than they are and have gotten way farther than they ever have any business to because of their connections and their shittiness um I what I really want people to do is follow the example of um one of the editors at Forbes who um his name's Randall Lane and he said he warns companies against hiring former Trump officials and he said quote Forbes will assume that everything your company or firm talks about is a lie. And I just think, fuck yes. I mean, like for Forbes to say that and step up and say, don't you dare hire a former Trump official because don't, you know, Harvard and Yale, don't give them like speaking space. I mean, let's just leave these people in the dust and, 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 and in the trash heap of history, you know, I, I saw something right before we were recording that Ivanka Trump plans to attend the inauguration of Biden to spare, to save her political career. She's worried that it's been harmed in this last week. And it's like, it better have been harmed. I don't want to see yeah. it. I, I hope she gets was harmed before this week. Yeah. You know, it's like, fuck Ivanka. Like I, going into this, I was skeptical of Ivanka, but I had not made my mind up. I was being very, very kind and open about it. But like, she's oh. a piece of shit, just like the rest of them. Like she tweeted American Patriots when she tweeted at yeah. the coup. People. She literally spoke about the terrorists at the coup and identified them as patriots mm-hmm. um, and then deleted it, I think. Uh, she did. <laughs> because someone told her that's not a good thing to do, but that she didn't delete it because her instinct was, you no. know, she, she created what she wanted to. Um, the whole family is fucked up. Um, put it lightly. But one thing that um, I did appreciate seeing this this morning as I wiped my groggy eyes on Twitter and drank my coffee in the morning. <laughs> um, no fly list trending and seeing. I'm normally not mm. somebody who enjoys 
other people's uh, misfortune. Like genuine, mm-hmm. like I used to not be, like I don't watch rose ceremonies on The Bachelor. <laughs> I couldn't watch a lot of the American Idol because it, just, it makes me uncomfortable to watch people suffering. Yeah. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, that apparently mm. does not hold true in all situations. Um, <laughs> as I giddily enjoyed <laughs> the videos of people being arrested, uh, the terrorists who assaulted the Capitol being arrested at airports because they, a flight attendant um, actually is someone who came forward and said, these people should be on the no-fly list. These people have said they had pipe bombs, they had other weapons, and they said that they would be attacking American institutions. Why should we allow them on flights, right? Mm, smart. So that's, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where the no-fly zone, uh, the no-fly list came from. And then... Um, just videos and videos of people being arrested mm-hmm. and crying. And mm-hmm. again, generally, if I see someone crying, like it, it physically hurts, like I can't deal with it. But like in this case, no, the first documented instance where I'm just like, play a little cricket, like rub my little paws together. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's it's quite delightful. It is because I think it's <clears throat> not only is it just in this case, because I mean, people died and mm-hmm. just, I mean, symbolically what they did as well as like physically what they did like y'all should be in trouble yeah just these people who who just thought they were so right based off of no no true things Mm -hmm. Uh, just being held accountable for terrorizing the rest of us (laughs) just i think accountability after these four years just really wets my whistle and what's everything you know I'm just like <laughs> fully here for it um so I really enjoyed seeing that because I was also like wait are they just gonna let them walk out and then just be like bye yeah don't come back <laughs> like Which I was is- tr- truly was wondering if that was going to happen that way and so seeing these people arrested and and you know again I don't generally take joy in people crying but to see them literally one of them being like i'm being treated like a terrorist like oh, yeah. you are a terrorist you're a, ter- you're you a terrorist terrorism. you're a domestic terrorist yeah you're confused because you're racist and you think terrorists aren't white people but actually the biggest threat to this country is white people and white terrorists so yeah you fit the bill girl um so I am I am glad that at least I mean even while Donald Trump is technically still the president the American the American people right. there is still action being taken these people are being arrested um, mm-hmm. taken off flights and shit like that heart that is heartening to me um, like he's yes. not you know like the way he got in the way and didn't allow the National Guard to go when they should have you can't get in the way like that right now and people are going to be held accountable which is incredibly important because people have died people have been hurt and it's also just we can't can't have this we cannot have this we cannot have this it's I I am pleasantly surprised with the like the no-fly videos and with the aggression with which I think the FBI has taken to being like okay no um we're actually Mm -hmm. gonna and I think I think there it's the impetus is on the fires under their asses because they looked so bad everyone in law enforcement looked like looked ridiculous and are laughing we're laughing stocks of the world and then they're also exposed for being racist hypocrites and the difference the stark difference between six months ago how they treated black lives matter protesters and and the way that they just allowed pe- move barriers to let people in and take selfies with you know these protesters so, so 
I think it's reasonable that we would think that perhaps that they were just allowed to walk out. We saw the video of one police officer just helping this like racist Mm -hmm. woman down the steps. It's like, I, I don't, I don't, I think it's unreasonable that we expected that we, we watched these, these fuckers come in and terrorize, um, the Capitol, and then they were allowed to leave. So it's good to see justice coming coming to bear on them. I I revel in in every moment, every mugshot, like the guy who had Nancy Pelosi's podium. Um, you know, Disgusting. I just take every single one of them down because, like you say, and I think this is going to be key to coming. I, I I sense a theme for like the next year, two, three, four accountability because we are only just now learning like we're gonna keep learning the extent to, of, of which people were using their offices to abuse abusing their offices for personal gain for business gains you know all of the the rot is gonna slowly be exposed the stuff that we already knew about we can maybe do something about but you know like we still haven't had a capital police press briefing about like um i think who was it um NYC Southpaw um, on um, on Twitter said, you know, in the wake of probably the most significant event in the history of the agency, just some paper statements, which I also think is so unbelievable. Like we, we, as the American people in this moment demand accountability and, and some answers like about how this was allowed to happen and how we, how a, a, a fully funded police force, many police forces, when we're cutting all sorts of other budget programs, what always remains the same? The fucking police department budgets, they have a lot of money and resources and they're militarized. And somehow there was no care taken with these extremist groups who get to hide behind free speech and, 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 and a lot of... Um, we've talked about this a lot, but like a lot of police unions protect this, this hate speech that their members, police officers display on Facebook in public. I mean, it's a lot of police unions publicly support Trump, but what we've seen is that their members are part of places. People, there are people who are trying to subvert our actual government. So we need to square the counterintelligence side of this with uh, the strong police unions that we have and, and the lack of accountability that a lot of police actually ever face. Um, and on the accountability side, one other thing that I just want to mention, because toxic masculinity is like the name of the game here. Um, what? What's that? I've never even, what? <laughs> um, Men are treasures always. Oh, wait. Like, um, Dr. Sydney McElroy has said, she said on Twitter, she's a podcaster and a medical doctor. Um, she said, before Derek Evans was arrested by the FBI for storming the Capitol, and this Derek Evans was the, the congressman from West Virginia, she said he spent a lot of time harassing the employees and patients of the Women's Health Center of West Virginia in Charleston. And then, and that ties to um, something that Ellie Mistal on Twitter was saying, which is, as it's true with so much other crime, if we look, if we took violent threats against women seriously and punished the people when they did them, 
um, it would st- we'd stop so many of the violent threats against everybody and everything else. So many of these people now banned from Twitter for inciting violent acts against go- the government have, for years, been using their social media to make threats, some veiled, some not even, against women. And if you banned them, you wouldn't need to ban them now because they'd already be banned or and chastened and maybe punished and accountable for their words, which are violent, mm. and their actions, which no. are violent. Mm. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> insane. Insane Insane, insane thoughts you have over there. I'm wild. Yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> It's tough. And uh, just to uh, follow up on the point earlier that uh, two Capitol Police officers have been suspended and one arrested for the role in the attack. Mm -hmm. Uh, One was seen taking selfies and one seen wearing a MAGA hat and directing insurrectionists. Um, And at least 15 officers are under investigation. So, yeah, thank God. It's, it's, the system is broken. Um, Police officers are not upholding the peace by and large. And again, that's not to discount I mean, when I saw the ways in which these terrorists assaulted police officers on video mm-hmm. and hearing about the deaths of the officers I mean it's I found it appalling I found it you know difficult to comprehend mm-hmm. um, so I'm not trying to discount the losses that happened that day in terms of the police force. I am just trying to shed light on the fact that there were many complicit members of the police force as well and just kind of goes to further cloud exactly what's happening and who is who and what is what. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I just, God, I so deeply wish that we could all just get behind Biden and try our darndest and mm-hmm. see what happens, you know? Because it's like mm-hmm. most of my friends weren't going team Biden in the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. None of us, none yeah. of us here pretty were much. like, Biden's my number one. Like, he was pretty close to the end of the list. I mean, Tulsi yeah. Gabbard was behind him, and that's pretty much it for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, we got behind, we rallied, because, you know, he has a lot going. He's a, he's a good person. He has... He can, he can do it, right? He can yeah. do it. Um, and so it's like, if we can all get behind him, why can't y'all? And I mean, as... Arnold Schwarzenegger said in the clip that you sent me, um, <laughs> it is heartening to see some GOP members getting behind it and being like, okay, yes, unity. But at the same time, some like Ted Cruz and all these motherfuckers mm-hmm. have been fighting, fighting, fighting every moment of the day and then are acting shocked when this insurrection, this coup happens at the Capitol. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I just want to say uh, minority leader Mitch McConnell. <laughs> minority leader Mitch McConnell. Yes. We should just come up with a soundbite that's like minority leader Mitch McConnell. Like, <laughs> Ooh, minority leader Mitch McConnell. Ooh, minority leader. Ooh, where's all your power, mister? Ooh, where'd it go? And like... Kind of on that point, because as we look towards the future and I'm, you know, we're seeing a lot of, uh, ooh, super bad faith takes on Twitter and elsewhere from conservatives um, calling for uh, unity and like we're... eh, Unity can't happen without accountability, without atonement. That is basically the whole idea of the phrase, no justice, no peace. Like that is what that means. You know, you can't have 
you cannot have peace before you have justice. And justice is account accountability is justice. And so Mike Gillette on Twitter was like, you know, pretend quoted Republicans saying, we just lost the House, the Senate, the presidency, the respect of the world and 350,000 lives. Meet us in the middle. No. No. No is the answer to that. And, you know, and, and that, if there's one, one fear that I have and that we all have, but we have to just like ride it all together with, with, with Biden because he's made the theme of his unity um, unity baby. The inauguration theme is going to be unity which like makes me a little nervous um but whatever i mean i know that it's good but uh, yeah like, you're we're both into the idea of unity yes what that looks like under under biden like makes me a little queasy but I have to believe that he's going to, especially after the coup, um, like this is kind of a different ball game. (laughs) Yeah. And he's he's picked, I think he's picked a good team and he's got Colin. Someone will (laughs) tell him this is bad. Also like having Merrick Garland as the um, attorney general is just so poetic. Um, What a a beautiful choice. It's just going to be so great to have him as attorney general and like, while Mitch is still in in the Senate whining from the minority, I can't hear oh. you. You don't whining control from the minority. Oh, it gives me so much joy. So much joy. Uh, I love it. I also love, and oh, this was so funny from, again, like Twitter had a bunch of fun takes where, where someone was like, um, I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe the Republicans lost control of the monster they created. There's no precedent for that in any books or movies. Um, (laughs) But like you are seeing that, I mean, the mob was after Mike Pence for being disloyal to Trump. They've been berating Lindsey Graham in the uh, airport, which I loved. Love. Yeah. They came after Fox News a while ago. And and that was the moment for me where I was just like, when they came after Fox News, I was like, oh, (laughs) this is not. Okay. 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 <laughs> this is what's happening. Okay. You're okay. you're your own little brand. Um, do you think yeah. that oh sorry, no you go. Oh no, go ahead. Do I think what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you wonder about the intricacies of my mind? <laughs> I wonder if you what what are your thoughts? Do you think that the Senate is gonna be able to expel Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz? No, I mean, I hope so. (laughs) I don't know. It just... (sighs) We're so battered down at this point. Yeah, it's like at this... I mean, I hope so, and that'd be awesome. And like, yas, yas, queen. It's just at this point, I am... I can only believe in the things that seem more likely than not to happen. <laughs> like this like unity and After these four years, yeah, with just like kind of limping with like, <laughs> you know, sort of singed clothing. Um, yeah. That's how I feel. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, it'd be great if they could just like go bye-bye. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and I think to your point about um, this idea of like unity above all else as Mm -hmm. if you know accountability is not a thing like what about unity (laughs) and accountability and people Mm -hmm. who weren't you know it's there's this idea i think what what 
what gets me about all of it is just this idea of like forgiving people who aren't sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, why is the onus on us to forgive people who are actively being awful? What does mm-hmm. that do? Who does that serve? Um, I mean, I'm all for the theoretical, like let's all, you know, hold hands, kumbaya and be like BFFs and figure it out and find our common, our common differences and our common commonalities and all work together. But mm-hmm. um, realistically, I don't think that's how it works. And it's incredibly frustrating to see those, those demand as if those are demands for civility when it's like, we have been demanding civility this whole fucking time. And y'all have been like, no, I love Trump. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I have not seen actually like the arguments I've seen about this have been mostly with like different versions of like Democrats or leftists arguing Mm -hmm. about what it should be. Like, I haven't seen any like, former Trump supporters like coming forward on Twitter being like, please take me as your own. I see the wrong of my ways and I want to be better. Like it doesn't seem like people are moving that much on their opinions. And so it's like, why would I'm all, I, I would be okay with us being like, okay, if you voted for Trump even twice, which <laughs> if you voted for Trump even twice, but you, you regret it and you understand and you, you know, cause it's, it's like a cult, like mm-hmm. psychologists and psychiatrists are saying it's, it's like being indoctrinated into a cult essentially with the fictitious things that you believe. Mm-hmm. So if you will come forward and, and want to, to change and want to learn what's real, like, yeah, of course I support that, but I'm also not here for like treating adults like babies, right? Um, when they have knowingly and willingly and passionately just been treacherous, treasonous trolls. Like I'm not apologies for my alliteration, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not here for that. Don't um, apologize for your alliteration. Thank you. <laughs> I should alliterate. Um, but it's just sort of like this idea, like if we don't take every single person who disagreed with us uh, in open arms and we're these like awful beasts yeah some of those people don't want to be in my arms honey like they don't want to be here um i am all for creating spaces for people who realize the error of their ways or are open to learning them but like Mm -hmm. i'm not here to tell people who think storming the capital is a great idea who thinks murdering people is a great idea who thinks treating people of color as less than themselves is a great idea as people I want to give big hugs to, you know, I'm just yeah, not here for it. I'm all for forgiveness and, and understanding, but like, again, forgiving people who are not sorry. Yeah. No, I think that is foolish and will only get us back exactly where we are right now. I totally and I normally agree. like to forgive people. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally agree. And I think that all of this, points to something that is such a huge problem. And I think, unfortunately, you know, I don't really hear it talked about enough in terms of like huge policy goals, but education, um, we really need to, we need to rethink like what, what education requirements at the federal and state level across the country are and get, um, get on the same page about it because, there is so much that we need to be teaching children at a, at a younger age. Um, yes. And, right. Like, and, and a lot of the lessons that were learned that, you know, that I learned that you learned 
in elementary school and in middle school, I would say, and of course high school, but there was a lot in middle school when your brain, when you're just able to process things like the horror of the Holocaust, you're able to sort of understand. And, but you're at this sort of critical moment where, you know, you can understand the civil war and slavery, but to be able to learn, to for teachers to be able to say, this is how people, human beings did this to other human beings. It happened mm-hmm. slowly. There was appeasement. You know, when you learn about World War II, you have to start in the 20s or earlier. I mean, you really have to you start way back with like- Yeah, set the stage. Set the stage. Really teach it, you know? Because then you hear if scholars of authoritarianism who have been sounding the alarm in the United States for the last four years saying we are on the, the path time. here the They've whole time. They've been doing it the whole fucking time. They've been doing it the whole time from before he was even in office. Yes. He was They've been doing it the whole time. And they point to like, there are failed coups. And then if nothing is done, there are successful coups. Yeah, it's a matter of There needs of to be repercussions. Exactly. Please, can we have repercussions for these actions? Like, if we want, like, I am at a loss personally about, like, okay, I'm, I'm in this country. I'm gonna. St- I was born here. I'm an American, I suppose. Here I am. <laughs> like, where does that end? You know, like, what? I'm hoping it'll all get better. Mm-hmm. But there's, I think, I hope I'm not alone in 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 wondering, like, if Biden when Biden gets in on the 20th, like mm-hmm. if these coups keep happening, if, if they result in violence in communities in, I mean, which we have seen of mm-hmm. course with mass shootings by white nationalists, which have been somewhat curbed by the pandemic and the nature of things being closed and then sort of translated into this other kind of violence we've been seeing like at the Capitol. Um, you know, I'm just wondering where it begins, where it ends, and what this country is going to look like in a year, in five years, in 10 years, in 20 and 50, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, are we going to be the next great authoritarian regime? Yeah. Are we going to find democracy again and, and make something of the idea of politicians as public servants, which is something Arnold Schwarzenegger talked about in that video where he talked mm-hmm. about you know, steel and swords and uh, something I found actually incredibly important and powerful is the idea of politicians as public servants. When I used to want to go into politics, I wanted to do it because I wanted to be a public servant. I wanted to help communities that I lived in. I wanted to, you know, be a part of something bigger than myself in, in a way that helped people around me. And I think there are a lot, a lot of people like that out there, um, but there are also so many people like Mitch McConnell, who are diseased little Voldemorts who get into mm-hmm. it because they just want the power and they want mm-hmm. the things and they want the lobbyists to throw their money at them. They they don't care about their constituents. They don't no. care about human beings in general. They care about themselves, maybe the people that they keep around them, perhaps, yeah. but. God, if we could get to a place where Trumpism is mostly stamped out and politicians believe in public service, oh my God, the places we could go. I just want to live wherever that is. And I'm down to stick it out here if that's where it is. I'm down to move to another country and learn a language if I need to. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I just want to live somewhere where people are doing right us and we don't have fucking coups at the capital every five minutes 
I totally agree. Every five minutes. Yeah. But (laughs) no, like, yeah, I completely agree. And I think Arnold Schwarzenegger's video is actually, you know, not something that I was prepared to be moved by. He's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, at this point, that's the best we can say, but, but the tempered sword metaphor actually felt visually, um, oddly comforting. Like he comforted because, me. He felt yeah. like a big daddy. Like okay, not in a sexual <laughs> way. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Carry on about big daddy from Austria. <laughs> Rose. Um, he. I really didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I, I think because this, this really felt like such a grave assault on our our democratic institution to think of it as tempering of a sword was oddly like helpful for my brain to try to think of it that way instead of sort of like historically, perhaps this is the first coup that's unsuccessful. And then there's like a successful one. Um, I found it. Yeah. I found it really heartening and I hope maybe his voice spoke to again, like a segment of people that maybe aren't necessarily political, but are struggling to understand the moment that we're, in and I totally agree with you. Public service, like a if more people, if we could, you know, I think that the way to get more people into public service that are actually performing the people's work um, and public good um, is to reform voting um, so mm-hmm. that everyone can vote. I mean, we've already seen we've oh, got we have to keep our eyes on Georgia because they have already started proposing a lot of things to curb like no excuse voting and you know there so it, it, they saw what happened when the people voted and when 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 the popular vote is actually respected and people are have access to voting and they vote um like a lot of good can happen so as a and as a reminder like Republicans cannot win the popular vote without the electoral college in mo- in modern American politics. It's only happened no. once in the last 30 years. So Yeah, it's not a thing. They need the electoral college, the very electoral college that they're working and voting to undermine, ironically, um, in Congress this last week. So it's going to be interesting, but hopefully what comes out of this is massive reform um, and massive massive accountability. That's what has to happen to move forward. That is certainly the hope, the prayer, the dream. It's <laughs> certainly possible. Like I think that with all I think with all that we say and all that we feel negatively, mm-hmm. <laughs> which are all, you know, valid feelings <laughs> and experiences based on the clusterfuck of a world we live in, I yeah. think that we've also seen a lot of like-minded individuals and people who weren't even invested or involved in politics at all who care deeply now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that those people match up with or outweigh the other people. You know, I think, I think we have a lot of people now that are civically engaged in ways that they haven't been before. Mm -hmm. Um, In Georgia, we have that thanks to, you know, people like Stacey Abrams and Stacey Abrams and things like Fair Fight. Um, But I think around this country, there's been sort of an uh, awakening, I would hope, particularly with younger voters, um, around what it means to be a voter, what it means to be an American and what is really at stake and being able to witness that. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope so deeply 
that people, especially the young people, will see and remember this time in history mm-hmm. as such a scary thing and not see it as like, oh gosh, that was crazy that that happened, but really understand the depths of it and really understand what could have happened, hope, hoping it doesn't happen, what could have happened, what could have been, mm-hmm. and that we really do like come out of this a greater, stronger country and none of that will reverse the deaths that happened because Donald Trump was in charge mm-hmm. um, and his administration. And I don't want to speak lightly about that because each person of those hundreds of thousands of people that have died of COVID, of those people that have died because of his, you know, ineptitude in, in foreign policy, each one of those people has a family, has friends, has a network extending one, two, three, four, five dozens of people out from themselves. And each loss is immeasurable and it's awful and it it can't be spoken of so lightly but at the same time i hope that we will all be able to move on from this and and take lessons from it and actually like remember history and not repeat it mm-hmm. um that's my hope <laughs> that that's my, my hope. uh hope <laughs> <laughs> that's my hope too my TBD? goodness <laughs> tbd on democracy but we can do yeah. it we can, we can we can do it. <laughs> we, we can certainly try. <laughs> oh, shall we move, chug along, chug, chug Segue along? way over, chug, chug, chug. Yes, <laughs> let's, um, let's do it. And now for We See You. Okay, this is for for all who do not know. I was on Twitter very early this morning, um, <laughs> so I started my day. Um, I found this video of a woman working at a retail store. A it looks like a T-Mobile store or something similar, but didn't denote in the video what happened. But she or not what happened, but where specifically she was. But she was a staff member there. Um, and she was not wearing a mask. Mm. And so the customers there were confronting her about that um, and just sort of asking her, you know, why are you not wearing a mask? You know, I'm, I'm here in your store. Mm-hmm. And she said, mask? I'm not a conformer. I had COVID in November. I'm fine. Um, okay. And she also said that she had three packages sent to that store. So she's a personal resident rather than an employee or a business owner, which is not how any of that mm-hmm. fucking works. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we do think that if you have had COVID, you probably cannot get it within three months. We don't know that for sure. And we don't know whether you can spread it or not. Um, and, and more than me being irritated at this particular individual human being, which I am, I feel like she is a, a symptom of a larger disease. Mm-hmm. She, I just want to tell her rules apply to you. You are not special. I want to shout this from the rooftops. Mm-hmm. Um, I hesitate to deem people intelligent or not intelligent because I think there are all kinds of types of intelligence. I have no spatial intelligence whatsoever. <laughs> and we tend to overlook some in favor of others, but like, when I see things like that, like, my God, what is the inconvenience? Mm-hmm. I think most people would prefer not to wear masks rather than wear masks. Uh, most people also prefer to live. And when you see people that are at their place of work, 
particularly like we we see customers coming into places without their masks on um you know talking shit and that is also incredibly awful but when you're at a workplace and you're spouting this and screaming at your customers um i wonder how many customers walked in that store before this person that videotaped it and just felt uncomfortable but like they had to deal with it because this person was there and and helping them and serving them Mm -hmm. um And it's just, I mean, I think just another reminder that, I mean, I understand that we are in the United States of America and it's a very individualistic country, very Mm -hmm. self-interested country, but can we please do better by each other and at least wear our fucking face masks when we are around one another? Please and thank you. Uh, We see you to that batch (laughs) (laughs) we see you that's yeah that's really disappointing um it's I remember, like, I mean, some some congresswoman from today tweeted that she and she's um, she is older. Representative Bonnie Watson Coleman, Democratic, seventy five year old cancer survivor, tested positive for COVID. She believes she contracted the virus after taking shelter in a room with lawmakers who refused to wear masks during the Capitol riots. Hmm. Which is just like all sorts of awful, but it's like. People, Just wear, you the, know, ma- wear yeah, the mask. Wear the mask. Wear the mask. Like we've said it a million different ways, a million different we see is, but it's just mm-hmm. like you're working at the store. Like you're, sub- come on. Yeah. Come on. Wear the mask. Apparently, reiterate this a million times over. Oh, God. Yeah. Super disappointing. Um, speaking of disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's more. <laughs> There's more. Look, no. like with Melania Trump, I have to say the bar is always <laughs> oh, I'm low. I'm so excited for this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's low for any of the occupants of the White House and anyone in the Trump family. But I was particularly disgusted to see the first public statement on the uh, insurrection of last week from First Lady Melania Trump. Who else? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, she decided to speak up uh, this morning, and she began by extending her condolences um, first to seditionist Ashley Babbitt, um, the Air Force veteran who, you know, was rushing the Capitol. And I was thinking, okay, maybe she did this in alphabetical order, but she didn't. (laughs) She did Ashley Babbitt first, um, and then had the, and the Capitol police officers last. Um, And she had said, like, my heart goes out too, and she listed the people. But um, yeah. And then, but so that was already like very frustrating to me that she um, had Ashley first and then lumped all of the officers like all into the same sentence. And I felt like it was basically a predictably feeble gesture, like thoughts and prayers, which at this point is essentially just the jerk off motion. That's kind of what I felt with the vibe of that paragraph. Um, but what really made my jaw drop was her sentiment that um, there was a lot of salacious, unfair gossip about herself. Let me just read you the quote because it's like wild that this is the turn that her statement took. She said, quote, I am disappointed and disheartened with what happened last week. I find it shameful that the surround that surrounding these tragic events, there has been salacious gossip, unwarranted personal attacks and false misleading accusations on me from people who are looking to be relevant and have an agenda. Oh, it's like that just took a turn that honestly, even 
Milan, like I didn't think Melania had in her. I mean, it's it's like it's obviously the, I really don't care. Do you means that she has anything in her in terms of like just evil? Um, but I really couldn't believe that she looked at the events of last week and centered herself as a victim. Um, I'm I'm on Twitter all day, so I can also honestly say that I don't recall a single word directed specifically at Melania on Twitter in the last week. Like, 100% nothing about her that I can remember. There were broad statements about the Trump family. There were expressions of disgust directed at Don Jr. because he posted something like a video around the time, like, that Trump before Trump spoke, and he was like, this audience is great, and, like, it was gross. Um, and there was stuff about Ivanka and Eric. Wait, Don Jr. was gross? <laughs> Weird. Go I ahead. know, I know. Recalibrate wrap my mind around it <laughs> everything you know um yeah and i i know that eric trump was trending on twitter for being gross like also recently within the last week after the coup um but honestly there wasn't anything specifically about melania that i can remember so i just felt like this was just sort of staggeringly factually wrong like this was a you know <laughs> it's not like anyone she wasn't on anyone's at the foremost forefront of anyone's thoughts, because we weren't discussing redecorating the Kennedy, Jackie Kennedy's garden. We weren't Can we discussing- make it whiter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We weren't discussing her morbid blood red fashion choice for holiday decor. We weren't discussing the fact that she and her family benefited from chain migration, the same chain migration that, you know, Donald Trump you know, purports to hate. So she really wasn't, no one was thinking about her. And I just, how how dare she release a statement that um, victimizes herself in this way? It's It just, I mean, I, I cannot wait until she is out of there because it really, it just reminds me. I mean, ima- imagine, I wrote on Twitter basically just like, um, imagine witnessing the insurrection of last week and approving this statement, like this statement. When, uh, in contrast, Michelle Obama has been, has had the time lately. Oh, like <laughs> she's killed it. She's killed it. Her statements have been so on point, so like beautifully worded. So just everything that we love about Michelle Obama. And I cannot wait until Dr. Jill Biden takes the reins. Um, it's been really, really sad to um, have such a disappointment of a, of a first lady. Um, I mean, every single thing about the Trump administration has been, um, like the smushed face emoji, but, um, this really was like just the cherry on top of what I think is like an incredibly pathetic, sad, um, selfish woman. So we see you. Yeah. She's awful. She's not any, we hoped she was better than him, but Mm -hmm. she's, she's a bad, a bad person. Yeah. (laughs) She's bad. (laughs) Um, now I'm going to get in, not like into, into, but into James Comey. Um, oh, yeah, because ooh. get after him. <laughs> yes, he's another white man who has made decisions about how we all should react to things. Mm. Um, and this was before the coup. This was before the coup, but it made me really mad. And so I kept, I held on to it. <laughs> when things anger me, I hold on to those feelings of anger. We <laughs> do. Uh, yeah, we just, we just hang on to them. So he was saying that Donald Trump should not be federally prosecuted once he leaves the White House, no matter how much evidence has been amassed against him. Mm. Um, and again, this is part of this idea of unity over justice, which I, you and I both disagree mm. vehemently with. The fact that fucking James Comey is out here saying this. <laughs> um, 
And he says that certain cases might be righteous in a vacuum, but the mission of the next attorney general must be fostering the trust of the American people. My question to you, James, (laughs) (laughs) is how are you supposed to foster trust if you do not you know, prosecute injustice when you see it. Why must we be expected to, you know, kind of lay back and accept whatever is handed to us in this situation? Um, For me, what would build trust would be holding people accountable and in a way in which it's not, you know, a vilification for being a Republican or vilification for ever voting for Donald Trump, but an actual pursuit of justice or people who have done wrong are held accountable. Like that is what in my mind would uh, reinforce trust in the American population um, is, you know, rather than relying on partisanship, relying on what happened and, and going from there. But, you know, James Comey thinks that the best thing for the American people, James Comey, me thinks uh, <laughs> is again to not hold any charges against Donald Trump just kind of like swire little fingers together and say well I guess that happened let's all be better shall we mm. no I don't love that don't love mm-hmm. that don't love that and I don't know why people keep giving him this space for opinions when mm-hmm. he keeps saying shit like this mm. um I didn't need to read his opinion piece to know that there are white men who think that we should calm down a bit on Donald Trump and just like, you know, work on America. But the thing is, we can't really work on America without understanding who and what Donald Trump is and what has been done to this country because of him. Mm -hmm. So I think living with blinders on in an effort to assuage, I don't know who, Mm -hmm. um, it's not going to work. It's not going to serve anybody. And I think it is a cowardice, a cowardice thing for him to even suggest given everything that he has been a part of Mm -hmm. and everything that he has advocated. And, um, I don't know. I hope somebody (sighs) covers him in water and throws Skittles at him and they (laughs) stick. I don't know. It's like, what is the least (laughs) traumatizing, least traumatizing I could suggest, but really, I mean, he's, He's an example of somebody who acts as if they're someone that we should take their opinion very seriously because he is this person who holds this position. But in reality, he is not speaking for any of us and he has let us all down, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, there's no righteousness in what he is suggesting as he suggests, in my opinion. So I agree. That's my rambly. We see you to James Comey, who tries his darndest to come across as uh, someone doing his best for the people around him, but in reality, I don't <sighs> see it. There's another like smug, deluded asshole. <laughs> I, so think, I thought I thought so dilute. <laughs> I hope that he goes on a tour of a submarine and keeps Ooh. bumping his head because he's so uncomfortable because he's tall. He keeps trying to raise his head <laughs> and he's bumping his head. That's what I wish for him Ooh. in the near future. <laughs> you heard it here first. Feminists without mystique. We wish that James Comey uncomfortably bumps his head in his submarine. Wow. <laughs> But, like, I hope that, too. <laughs> that feels, like, innocuous enough. Just, like, yeah, I wish him discomfort. Yeah, it's, like, you're not going to die over this. You're just going to be, like, ouch. 
You know yeah. what I feel every time I hear the name James Comey? Ouch. Ouch. Your turn, baby. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Jeez. James Comey. Um, so, yeah, my next We See You is sort of a broad, it's a broad We See You to just like, it is a We See You to Vogue because they printed an incredibly bad photo of Kamala Harris for the cover for February. I know. And it's just, I saw it and I thought it was fake. I thought it was a joke cover that was made by the internet. Um, But, you know, in, yeah, I mean, the let me look at that. Yeah, there's two. There's one that's for the digital because they can change the digital, but the one that went to print is the pink and green backdropped one. I'm going to wait for you to, like, see it. Oh, she looks uncomfortable. Yeah. She's also, she's poorly lit. What is she wearing? Like, she's wearing. Yeah, this doesn't look like, do they not know how to, like, light black them in at Vogue? Yeah. Which, of course, we know that the historically Vogue has has had an issue, like, first of all, with even, like, platforming black women, women, um, people of color on the cover. But then the lighting the backdrop um the clothing which i think she picked the clothing because it's her her clothes um and there was a lot of reporting that um she didn't that the the harris team didn't approve the one that actually went out on the cover but that's not true they had said that they liked both which is (laughs) wild to me um but it made me feel better that like she had looked at both and said like that either one was fine um yeah. but i can see her being like okay i look like open like a person in here and like you certainly look like a person but like yeah uh, they made a choice yeah they made and you know there were several choices and it really felt like it's disappointing because this is the first female vice president and vogue is one Ever. of the magazines Right. Vogue is one of the magazines of of record, unfortunately. I mean, like, we don't, I don't make the fucking rules. I don't like sitting here being like, Vogue is Maria, a why do you insist on using Vogue <laughs> to measure women's worth? It's just like, this is a thing that is going to be an archival item. I mean, this is going to be like Kamala Harris on the cover of Vogue before she, you know. I want you saying archival item as like my alarm in the morning. <laughs> Something about it I love so much. Archival item. It's an archival item. <laughs> I'm up. <laughs> I'm up. Stop. I'm up. <laughs> an archival item. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's, you know, it, it does in a lot of ways seem silly, but I did understand there was a huge uproar, um, especially from Black women, just feeling like this is a moment that was just kind of disrespected through this cover, which I understand. And I think that they could have done a lot of different things. They could have done a close-up. They could have made it black and white. They could have, you know, because apparently um, Kamala Harris wanted to seem authentic and approachable um, because that's how she wants to seem in the, in the administration coming up. But I also feel like this is not necessarily the the most authoritative stance that she's taking. I just, it doesn't seem like it's necessarily a power suit in a way that like Vogue could, Vogue with all of their resources of fashion yeah. and photography and lighting. It like, looks like someone gave me a joint. Yeah. Said pose for a picture. And then before they snapped the camera said, I've got nachos. Like that is yeah. what that picture looks like to me. And she doesn't look, she's beautiful and wonderful and she looks great, but it's not... <sighs> It looks like that. 
but is it the cover of Vogue appropriate? And no. Like, so, and I, I do think it's exhausting to have these conversations, I think, as women, and especially, I'm sure, for women of color, it's just, like, ex- and a completely exhausting um, morass to fall into. Um, I remember that when AOC was on the cover um, earlier in the fall, which seems like a thousand years ago, she got How dare she? I, well, people <laughs> freaked out. They were like, oh, because she was wearing an expensive pantsuit. And she said, you know, she would say on Twitter, like, hey, they, I didn't keep the pantsuit. It was for the cover of Vogue. And then I gave it back. Like, Yeah, Vogue and, gives you shit when you do photos. For right. Them. Not for that the, either. Not that I know. <laughs> right. From personal experience. Uh, so, but it was, it, it was certainly a frustrating double standard for AOC when she came under fire for her expensive pantsuit, which she didn't get to keep. Um, and I, I just, I, I know that there is a quandary here and that um, Vogue wants to do kind of what Kamala Harris wants, but as the first, as, as a history making first female vice president, first black female vice president, first South Indian of South Indian descent, vice president. Um, we like, come on, we Vogue, Vogue, Vogue. could have done so much better, and you know that. And I hope you <laughs> sit in the corner and think about what you've done, and and for fuck's sake, do better next time. But you've already fucked it up for this historic moment. But great, we see you. <laughs> we see you, but like for the next historic moment, you like a little bit like better. be better. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm glad. Also, I had not somehow had not seen that <laughs> article. So thank you for pointing that to to my attention. You are welcome. Um, so this last one, mm-hmm. God, I'm not going to use his 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 name. Um, <laughs> there's a human man I went to high school with who I've complained about to you independently of our mm-hmm. podcast. Um, <laughs> who a few years ago said to me, and I have the chat history uh, where he and I were arguing about privilege essentially and he said he's a white man I'm also a white woman uh he's a white straight cis man and he said that being in a room full of lesbians of color would feel dangerous to him and he'd feel uncomfortable um so this was I think uh, three or four years ago and now he's Mr. Liberal shaming people who are by his approximation conservative in any way and there are versions of this guy I mean he's the one that comes to mind the most but there are versions of this guy in my life on my feed that it just drives me up the fucking wall it feels like there are these people who they chose liberal politics to maybe get pussy as mm-hmm. they say and even saying that I was just like, oh my god I've never said oh I know the way you get I pussy yeah <laughs> Maria just shriveled and she'll be back with us <laughs> next week she's currently in a tiny ball like a raisin um, <laughs> 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 but no, there are these 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 men that exist that in the before times Mm. were the the normal misogynistic pieces of shit that we deal with every day (laughs) and now they are they've decided they're warriors they put a feather in their cap and they are doing the lord's work for us and i see the i see people like him arguing on on facebook on different media platforms all the time as if they now are the one beholden truth to feminism to racial sensitivity to you know trans awareness to whatever they they have just i see this person 
calling out people, shaming people for not being liberal enough while I also have a conversation with him. Actually, before you and I recorded an episode about Kamala Harris, Mm -hmm. he was calling me out for even considering um, supporting her. And he told me issues to look out for regarding her when I did my research. They were all things I'd already seen in research because they were very common things. But it's just that kind of dude, you know, the kind of dude who no matter what political party he is vying for, what kind of attitude he's trying to portray, what you can count on is him speaking down to women, him speaking down to people that he decides are less intelligent than him. Um, and he's just like a real piece of shit. And I wanted to call, call him out without saying his name on the on the podcast. Yeah. It is a really common thing to encounter and to find is this, uh, this liberal white man savior who mm-hmm. actually treats women and people of color, uh, queer people with a bit of disdain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's just a great example of that. And I will... I will find I will find uh, copies of our our back and forth and maybe mm-hmm. share it in a in a way that doesn't give away his identity because it is just it's the kind of thing where I it haunts me because I revisit it because of how outspoken he has become on social media, mm-hmm. but also I see the way that he had treated me and friends of mine who are who were girls are now women um in the past and him just trying to be this savior of all when in reality he has treated people so poorly mm-hmm. um this is just one example of one human man but i've seen versions of it a lot where where mm-hmm. men try to get this like pass for being yeah. woke because they've said certain things done certain things whatever um, it's not going to fly anymore. So we see you too. His first name is Jeff. I will Jeff. say that. And also, I lost my opportunity to a Jeff. Different Jeff, but like, Different gosh, Jeff. Jeffs. But Jeffs. Jeffs are, you know, there are a lot of Jeffs yeah. that are problematic, just like Mikes. But not all Mikes. There are some good Mikes. Not all Mikes, not all Jeffs, but like, honestly, Jeffs and Mikes, like, Look in the mirror. Take a look at yourself. My God. <laughs> because commonly, Jeffs and Mikes happen to be <laughs> real shitbags. <laughs> I'm not saying, Jeff and Mike, that you're awful, but, like, look in the mirror. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's super frustrating. Anything also, to add on to from that? <laughs> well, I mean, I was just thinking that there's a lot of um, – I think that those guys, because it's a lot of it is coming from a disingenuous place and they're trying to score points and score chicks. I'll try to do some cringe. Ooh, pussy, <laughs> man. <laughs> Gross. God, it's like I could have gotten more pussy with my eyes closed than these motherfuckers trying for 20 years, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I just think that there are a lot of there are actually a lot of guys who um, are afraid to say anything because they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing and afraid to ask questions because they're afraid that the question is the wrong question or an ignorant question or going to hurt someone's feelings or come across like, you know, like they don't know 
what they're talking about, which they don't, they could just Google themselves. But I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of people who, who are genuinely wanting to learn more and they see the way that like women, people of color, you know, the trans community, the LG, just like general, general marginalized communities are trying to t- speak about their experience. And, um, I think there's kind of like middle of the road, like moderate-ish guys who just feel completely scared away from learning more or asking questions because they don't see a, a space where they won't get attacked. And I think a lot of the attacks come from these fucking guys who are themselves men did wrong disingenuous dudes. Like, you know, so you have those like disingenuous fake like kind of liberal guys who are putting on yeah. like this show and oh, then and they loving to like criticize other people too yeah. for like their own choices and actions and words. And I'm like, do you remember? Right. Well, Mm-hmm. Right. So it's sort of like, and then they, contribute. yeah, they just get, and then they contribute to like people not, they contribute to a silencing or, or, or less of a dialogue, less of a genuine dialogue, because I like when we can have conversations where there's like someone who uh, maybe wouldn't feel comfortable having like a big group conversation about it, but we'll say, Hey, I saw this in the news. What are you, what are your thoughts on this? I thought X, Y, and Z. And you know, we just, the public square is a lot less inviting when there are like people trying to score points instead of just trying to be better or, or like help people get to the place where they need to be. And, you know, there would be a, it would be so much better if we could just get like a lot of the, those, like the white guys who are genuine allies in the, in, into the square. I think a lot of those guys are like, I don't want to engage. Like, I'm just, it's, it, look, it's complicated, but it's like, fuck the people who are really making, making it harder for everyone else because they're being hypocritical and have their own gross little agenda. Yeah, they sure do. It's usually uh-huh. their penis is their gross little agenda. Yeah. Can we call all shitty men's penises their gross little agendas also? I can I, love can that. I move? Can I move yes. for that? Motion approved. Motion granted. Granted. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And yes. seconded. <laughs> It is now passed into FWM uh, law. Is it thirded and fourth? Yes, it is. Right. <laughs> it's also been syncopated. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Oh, it's like that episode of Big Mouth where, like, the liberal guy. I love that show. So good. It's like the older, yeah. The the there's like in I think season one where like the like it's like a liberal like dude and he's trying to Ooh. seem like he's so cool and woke and then um, he's dating the girl like an older sister and he was trying to like push her head down for beach and the oh younger God, we've all been there yeah yeah younger brother's friend is like as around is like hey like fuck you or i don't know it's like, but it's cute because it's like yeah it's that's a good show yeah and it also just i mean there are lots of people who are all all talk all feminist talk and then yeah, anti-feminist action to shove. Yeah, yeah it's like oh you're on your period i actually can't look at you all week (laughs) i can't actually see you in my field of vision until you're done with that um but like circle back um yeah i remember that being genuinely very hurtful it was like oh okay that's a thing yeah 
Mm. Now I'm with somebody who accepts my menstruation mostly. <laughs> He's not red winging, but you know, what can you hope for? <laughs> <laughs> okay. My last wanted, you. Did you want to talk about red winging more or did you want to? <laughs> no, I was just like, now I'm looking at my next one and it's like dark. And also I'm like red winging blood crystal locks. Can we do is that a transition? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Transition accepted. Go ahead. Yeah. Cole. Well, this one, look, it's just frustrating because I thought that there was a um Arnold Schwarzenegger made a really oh, good comparison love to Chris- that Austrian little babe. Yeah, he made a good comparison to Crystal Knock or The Night of Broken Glass when he was talking about his experience and his father father's experience in Austria after World War too and like the emotional repercussions of that and how it affected his family and like everything um but janine Pirro and brian kilmeade decided to compare different happenings um like twitter purging white supremacists and deplatforming parlor to crystal knocked um janine Pirro, who's usually drunk said um <laughs> oh. oh man she's a mess she's a hot mess um she said on Fox that the deplatforming of Parlor, which is a haven for white supremacists, is quote akin to Kristallnacht. Um, and then Brian Kilmeade was like, "How scary is this? I don't care if you're even interested in politics. This shows that there aren't these aren't independent companies. This is a monopoly. I've lost eight thousand followers on Twitter in one day. Apple, Google, Facebook, and others have canceled my cons- many conservatives. Last night was Cyber God's Kristallnacht. Now." There's a lot that's really ignorant about that. And you'll remember that <laughs> Brian Kilmeade was um, played by uh, Bobby Moynihan on SNL to oh, great Bobby. effect. <laughs> just like vacant eyes being like so stupid. Um, so I just, and yeah, there are lots, lots of dumb things, but um, deplatforming of Parlor is absolutely not at all like Kristallnacht because First of all, like no one died in the deplatforming of Parlor, and in fact, this might actually prevent deaths um, hmm. because Parlor was uh, a platform where people were plotting violent insurrection, <laughs> um, and they were the ones actually more likely to try to replicate Kristallnacht itself. Like they were, they had Camp Auschwitz shirts a six million wasn't enough shirt lots of anti-semitic chatter carrying around confederate flags again we don't have to get into all of it but these are bad people and private companies are allowed to deplatform who and what they want they're private companies they don't have to host you if you're um inciting violence and in fact it's frustrating that it even took this long um you know Crystal Knox, there were at least 91 Jews who were murdered that night, and there were 30,000 Jewish men who were rounded up and sent to concentration camps that night. Um, in the aftermath, it's estimated that 638 people committed suicide. Um, there were 267 synagogues throughout Germany, Austria, and the Sudetenland that were destroyed. 7,000 Jewish businesses were damages, damaged or destroyed. Um, and then there were um, like untold arrests and incarcerations, and um, it was horrific. And it was a it was one of those the foretellings of of um, 
kind of what was to come. Um, and it disgusted the world. So, um, Amazon's decision not to do business with Parler anymore, Apple and Google removing Parler and trying to weed out white supremacists who have been openly violent just is not Kristallnacht at all. Um, and it's really rich for these people who have fomented fear and anger, just playing on white insecurities um, to invoke Crystal Knock, when they were the ones who really were helping to rile up in the last four years this mob um, through their disinformation, through their bad faith attacks. Um, and it's really disgusting. So I just had to, couldn't, couldn't let that one slide. Uh, it's not Crystal Knocked. Janine Pirro and Brian Kilmeade, you fucking idiots. We see you. Janine Pirro. <laughs> we <trash>. see you. <laughs> um, for a good thing, uh, have you all thought about monkeys with mustaches? Let's go down that road. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Let's do it. Good. Love it. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> The world's oldest zoo has welcomed three new arrivals. Uh, Emperor Tamarind Monkey Triplets, who already sport little tiny fucking mustaches. And they're all, all three of these babies are the size of a thimble. A little Um, thimble? A little tiny thimble. And the babies are not even six weeks old. (laughs) Um, Six weeks, sorry. (laughs) Going into full full monkey enthusiasm right now. Um... And they're just five centimeters long. Um, very cute. They were born in Austria, just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, <laughs> but they were born on December 1st of this uh, 2020 versus uh, the 1940s. Um, but I'm also like kind of standing Arnold Schwarzenegger for his, um, for his statements. Um, the zookeepers have not been able to tell yet whether they're females or males. I'm assuming because these little monkeys can't speak for themselves yet. Um, <laughs> But they're already keeping dad purple on his toes, according to the article. Oh. Um, so really, this is just, honestly, Google, like, oh my God, just Google Emperor Tamarin Triplets, T-A-M-A-R-I-N. It's yeah. the cutest monkeys in the whole world that have like little mustaches, the most expressive eyes. Um, we are so close to them species wise. I mean, Gorillas just came down with COVID in San Diego. Uh, not to oh, smirch the good this thing. This is a good thing. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Monkeys are all fine. <laughs> the monkeys are fine. Um, but no, these these are particularly adorable creatures. Um, in addition to that, they're just a really special species. And, you know, me, I love animals, and I love these guys, and I guess I love Austria. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, hung- I'm Ukrainian by descent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, they're really, oh my God, there's this one picture of them, oh, of one of them on like a little branch. Just, just Google Aww. it, find it. Good things happen. And I feel like we've been finding them in animals, which might seem a little silly sometimes, but for me, it, it does kind of regenerate me and make me feel like a little bit better because <clears throat> animals and creatures and plants and all this life, they're the building blocks of everything. And... <laughs> seeing goodness and kindness and sweetness in this natural world makes me feel better about this world that we live in that sometimes feels unnatural because of how unkind it is. Um, so that was more articulate yeah. than I intended it to be. It so. was lovely. 
Yeah, a that's like a really a wonderful way to end it, isn't it? Should <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Should I scream about like blowjobs or something first, or oh. should I just end it there? Let's end it there. All right, we'll end it there. Wonderful. Oh, um, excellent. <laughs> yes, wonderful, wonderful. Have a wonderful, blessed evening. Maria, I sent you some more monkey pictures. Oh, everyone good. Else, just, just Google it and have a yeah. wonderful time and uh, have a blessed uh, second <laughs> week of 2021. <laughs> oh, man, only week two. What a, what a delight. <laughs> Girl, I'm telling you, 2021's chaos, but she's, she's fair. I think we'll have good with bad, I think. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed.